Today I'm talking to Jacqueline St. Clair, author of Through Esther's Eyes. Jacqueline, it's good to be speaking with you today. It's good to be speaking with you too, Chris. Thank you. Yep. So talk to me about where all this began. Talk to me about your walk with the Lord. Have you always been a practicing Catholic? I have. Um, yeah, I'm a cradle Catholic. Um, great parent who introduced me to Jesus and the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, as I've um, yeah, gone through the years, at a pretty early age, I wanted to become a nun. Mm-hmm. So after high school, I entered the monastery of the Poor Clares. Um, but then I, um, I discerned out and uh, and now discerning consecrated virginity. So mm-hmm. my relationship with the Lord is very uh, spousal, where I see him as the divine bridegroom and me as the little bride uh, in reflection of the the bride of Christ. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting, an interesting vocation and little known, I think, among many Catholics today, but it's come to more prominence recently since Vatican II, correct? Yes, that is correct. Okay. I, I believe that I've seen uh, accounts of the, the vow ceremonies of a number of consecrated virgins over the past decade uh, in Catholic mm-hmm. media and so forth. So from that then, and then you went to college, I believe, and studied some of what you deal with in your book in a more academic way. Yeah, yeah, I did. I um, I was uh, at Central Michigan University, and uh, and I ended up graduating from Wayne State University. Mm-hmm. But I took uh, like they were secular classes, um, but I got to take some independent studies. Like I took one uh, at Central at on the Second Temple. Uh, Judaism. Uh, I also took a class actually that was on, based on my book. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but but yeah, I've learned about like the Old Testament and the New Testament, and kind of through the lens of the academic world. Mm-hmm. Good yeah. preparation. Yeah. What inspired your your love of the gospel stories? I mean, this isn't just the work, though, of an academic. This is the work of someone who really loves the stories that she is um, responding to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it comes just from prayer, from meditating and contemplating mm-hmm. and um, putting myself in the story, using my imagination mm-hmm. um, to be um, like, what if I was one of the women who followed Jesus? Yeah. Um, or was called by one of the disciples. Okay. All right. Yeah, I believe it's that's the Ignatian tradition, right? Composition yeah, of place. That is. That is. Yeah. Yeah. That that's had a a rich pedigree in the history of the church. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not sure how often I've heard of it being used uh, in writing a novel, though. Even though that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. There's even a, a part of the novel that I wrote while praying. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I usually pray before I write, but um, I didn't really know what the chapter was going to be about. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of let the Holy Spirit lead me. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and then I had this whole chapter. And um, that Which part? I just. Um, it's the part where uh, Esther is uh, going to share a lesson with some children mm-hmm. uh, and with Jesus. Okay. And uh, Jesus invites Esther to, to tell a story. And, and that chapter just kind of wrote itself, it seemed like. Okay. 
Yeah, give mm-hmm. our give our listeners a little context. Give us the the kind of the summary of the book. Who is Esther? Yes. Yeah, yeah, Esther is a cousin of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, she's got bright green eyes, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, she's so she's from Nazareth. She has many uh, cousins and relatives. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus, she's the same age as Jesus as well. Um, so it's easy for the the reader going through the book if you see what year it is, mm-hmm. uh, like twenty six. If Jesus is twenty six, then uh, my character Esther is 26 as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, she has, uh, they have connections with uh, the family, uh, Lazarus and Martha and Mary, uh, and that family from Bethany. Um, and so she, uh, Esther, um, ends up, uh, marrying Lazarus, who we all know well for who rises from the dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, but really a journey that the Esther then uh, and Lazarus uh, joined together to to follow Jesus. Okay. Um, yeah, and it's and it's a rich, rich kind of um, use of the gospel stories, retelling of the gospel stories. But but it is a reimagining. It is it is a, a true novel with a plot that holds together. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it's also clearly a labor of love. I mean, this is this isn't just um, this wasn't just sort of a weekend project. This took time. Yeah. How did you come to be interested in in first century Judaism and in in this level of uh, detail and appreciation of the culture? Uh, I think just like the way as I said, I had a spousal a relationship with the Lord mm-hmm. that um, I think um, like I, I want to know about my spouse. I want to know where he lived. I want to know the geography of the place, the language he spoke. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He's my God. I want to know all about my God. And um, so with first century Judaism, uh, studying that um, the temple and um, Calvary and uh, the cities and such, um, it just, brought me closer to him and mm-hmm. um it it just makes the gospels come to life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i think i think that there's well i think a lot of people would really be enriched by that 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 for a lot of people today kind of the gospels seem to be from such a faraway place in a faraway time that perhaps it's not it doesn't feel as relevant as it really is or there's a there's a <laughs> higher kind of Barrier to entry than perhaps other other generations have had. Um, yeah. But how did you how did you come up with this approach of of telling the story of Jesus through the eyes of an imaginary cousin? Well, it started in eighth grade. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I think I I just remember being uh, we were actually in a in a <clears throat> in a writing class. Um, uh, uh, next to a friend of mine, and I just remember telling her, like, I'm going to write a book about a cousin of Jesus, and it's going to be, I'm going to think about putting myself in, uh, what if I myself was a cousin of Jesus? Mm-hmm. And so that's how it started, and I, I wrote my first draft. Um, nothing that I wrote in eighth grade, except for, like, one little part has 
um, is in the final draft. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, okay. Mm-hmm. So this has been the work of years. Yes, yes, many years. I I did take a little when I went to the monastery. I took a little gap. Mm-hmm. I, I thought I wasn't going to go through with the book and because I, I was going to focus on the, the cloistered vocation and um, on my postulancy, mm-hmm. like being and learning about the order. But when I uh, left the monastery, I, I kind of just picked it up back, picked it up again. Um, okay. Have mm-hmm. you been to the Holy Land? I have. I've been there twice. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, yeah, and going to the Holy Land has definitely been huge for this mm-hmm. novel. Um, it's um, like every I, I had a notebook with me, mm-hmm. and I I wrote down like every detail I could I could write. Um, I was like using my compass on my phone, like okay, I'm facing north right now towards mm-hmm. like the Jezreel Valley, or. Um, I got to, when I was in uh, Capernaum, we had a little free time, mm-hmm. and I uh, walked from where the synagogue was mm-hmm. to Peter's house to the Sea of Galilee, which are, it's just a path that Esther and her, the other characters walked. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was just really cool to, um, to, to write about something that I actually experienced. Yeah. Yeah. I've just come back recent in the last couple of weeks from a pilgrimage to the Holy Land, so I, oh. yeah, and I, I resonate with what you're saying. Put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I I fear that I I have never been as good at directions as all that and geography, but it was it was wonderful to sort of rewalk mm-hmm. in real life the stations and the um and the the sites, and in a particular yeah. way, what guided. What guided your depiction of the Holy Family? Because you can you can see the landmarks and you can kind of get a sense of the of the geography, but but the family you've kind of got to know in a different way. Yeah, so I I started to know just in my own life the Holy Family. Like obviously we, Jesus um, it was when I was at the monastery that I uh, learned true devotion to Mary, mm-hmm. uh, which is a book by Saint Louis de Montfort. Mm-hmm. And um, that's when I came to to know Mary mm-hmm. um, and consecrate myself to her. Um, and then also at the uh, monastery, I uh, Saint Joseph was a big. Um, he interceded for me um, and helped me uh, with my decision uh, and discernment to to leave the monastery. Okay. So all three of the people, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, were are like a part of my life. Mm-hmm. And um, it's um, it's just fun to think of them together um, for however many years. I, we, don't, we don't know exactly when St. Joseph passed. But yeah. Um, but, yeah, and St. Joseph doesn't even say anything in the Bible, so that gives a lot of room for kind of creative mm-hmm. interpretation. So. Yeah. And I think, I mean, a lot of people over the centuries have been fascinated with what are called the hidden years of our Lord's life, but they weren't really yeah. hidden. They were just private. That life at home mm-hmm. with his parents, with his cousins, with his aunts and uncles. We know we know later in the gospel that the brethren of the Lord were were part of his ministry, were 
showing up to some of his preaching and that sort of thing. So clearly there was a relationship, but it's always fascinating to, to see the results of someone like you exploring imaginatively and in prayer what those relationships might have looked like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I, um, yeah, like, there's, I don't know if this is how things really went, but I, I believe um, in my book, like, for St. Mm-hmm. Joseph, I write um, about how Jesus will say, my father in heaven mm-hmm. says this, and, um, but he still can see uh, Joseph as his, his Abba, his daddy, um, but mm-hmm. As the book goes on, you see more and more how Jesus forms his relationship with God the Father. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, I mean, St. Joseph did a wonderful job, but... Yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, well, but yeah, he got to... And so much of our Lord's life and ministry is about relationships. Mm-hmm. It's about familial love, our adoption into the family of heaven, and, and him being born into the Jewish family into the family of Israel. So, yeah. So a novel, I think, is a great way to explore all that. Mm-hmm. Had yeah. this, did writing this enrich your spiritual life and your relationship with our Lord? Definitely. Um, it, uh, I, yeah, I even, I've started, I've written um, many short stories as well that are kind of in Esther's, world kind of my own creation recreation of first century judaism Mm -hmm. um and um yeah the the main thing that i pray to um because i just i love to write and um i know writing is one of my charisms uh, it's a gift god gave me Mm -hmm. and so i pray uh before writing Lord, let my fingers be nimble as the Holy Spirit kindles the grumbles and giggles. Mm-hmm. Kind of a silly prayer, but yeah. um, the point is, I am asking the Lord, like, can you please, like, either get people to grumble, like, because they make them uncomfortable, mm-hmm. um, or get them to to giggle to make them joyful. Um, it's just getting a reaction at all, like, yeah. so either a positive or a negative reaction, whatever it may be. I think that can be the Holy Spirit nudging mm-hmm. people. Okay. And what, out of all the characters in your novel, who's your favorite? Uh, I would have to say Martha of oh. Bethany. Okay. Uh, yeah, sister of Lazarus. Uh, she is um, very sharp and intelligent. Um, and, uh, she's great with hospitality. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would like to be friends with her. <laughs> she's also very human. Mm-hmm. There's, um, a point in the novel where she gets a little grumpy with, with Esther. And, and then of course we have, um, uh, the famous story of Martha and Mary, mm-hmm. where Martha gets rebuked for, um, asking Jesus, like, to assist Mary, mm-hmm. like, why isn't my sister helping me? And, and she gets rebuked. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I love her. And um, I, I just think she was a character I, I really enjoyed uh, building and, and like envisioning her and her personality was, was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Do you have a devotion to St. Martha? Not specifically to her. She's one of many that I have a devotion to. Uh, 
it's really the holy women. So mm-hmm. Martha and Mary, um, Mary Magdalene, uh, Susanna, Joanna, um, the mother of James and John, the mother of James Alphaeus, and um, yeah, just that uh, that group of women who who are the ones who stayed at uh, the cross with Jesus, and also the women who went to go and anoint his body after he had died. And okay. of course, we know how that happens. He's alive. Yeah, <laughs> so. absolutely. Yeah, and the mm-hmm. women who wept on the way of the sta- stations of the cross. Yeah, yeah, there's when Jesus stops and says, daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Mm-hmm. Weep for yourselves and your children. So I, yeah, I see, um, yeah, all of my, my feminine, the female characters um, being very devoted and, yeah, following yeah. close to Jesus in his suffering. Okay. Yeah, that's an interesting, interesting approach. And I think that a lot of people just assume that the Gospels are all about Jesus and the Apostles, and that's it. But as mm-hmm. as you're pointing out, I think there's a much greater female presence and persistent presence than a lot of us remember. Yeah, yeah, I think it's, and it, um, I think it's because, yeah, with her Aunt Mary, is, for example, that's Mary, the Blessed Virgin, but mm-hmm. in the, the story it's uh, Esther's aunt. Aunt Mary plays a, a major role in Esther's life, but mm-hmm. they actually don't um, have that many, like, physical face-to-face meetings. Mm-hmm. It, it's usually through somebody else, like, where Jesus will be like, there's a thing where Jesus delivers, um, like, uh, peas and, like, lentils and such. And he was like, oh, my mother wanted me to give this to you. Mm-hmm. And so that's me trying to hint in that Mary is the one who's interceding, uh, and Jesus, yeah. who loves his mother and um, listens to his mother, brings the gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... I, I just love the whole, the building out of the world around kind of the spotlight on Jesus, but, but you're, you're kind of giving us a glimpse, not even behind the scenes, but at the rest of the scene, at the rest mm-hmm. of the, the ramifications of the life of Christ. You know, I, I'm yeah. sure we're given the Gospels for a reason, that the Holy Spirit inspired what he inspired for specific purposes, but you just know that there had to be this huge trail of other consequences of people meeting Jesus and Mary in the flesh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have a character. Oh, this is in the, uh, Ema. That's uh, Esther's mother. Mm-hmm. She kind of holds some, uh, a grudge against Aunt Mary. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. It, yeah, all of the yeah, being perfect leads to some hurt feelings sometimes. Yeah, right. So talk to me a little bit about who who are your favorite authors? Whose work helped inspire your own, besides, of course, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? Yeah, besides them, um, fictional-wise, I, I, really like, I really like Francine Rivers. Um, she has um, some books that are from the late Roman period, mm-hmm. but she's also written some Old Testament uh, novellas. Hmm. And then um, Lynn Austin is another author 
mm-hmm. who um, I just learned a lot about the Bible, the Old Testament, just by reading her book. Um, and then just fictional or nonfiction wise, like uh, Dr. Brant Petrie, Jesus and the Jewish Roots of Mary. Mm-hmm. And then he also wrote one about the Eucharist and Scott Hahn's uh, Lamb's Supper. Mm-hmm. Um, so those nonfiction books really, really helped me um, because two major themes are motherhood and also uh, the bread of life. And so um, I got to incorporate a lot of what I learned uh, into my uh, novel. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. It, this would be a funny mix. Um, but how? who would you say you learned characterization from? Hmm. Who did I learn characterization from? I... Yeah, I haven't learned anything, I don't think, ever really specifically where I've mm-hmm. uh, had someone say, okay, we're going to work on your yeah. character right now. Um, okay. Usually my characters, they just, they kind of evolve as they write. Like, I know um, some authors, when they write, they have, like, everything laid out. Yeah. Um, uh, like, step by step, or what's scene by scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I don't really do that yeah. <laughs> I just kind of write and then uh, just one thing leads to another and mm-hmm. and so forth um, okay yeah, yeah. writing but is I, an act of trust to, yeah and I also look to um, like for um, like I think of my the group that I went on pilgrimage with to the Holy Land mm-hmm. um, being a group or can make me think about the apostles um, or being in a monastery where all these women live close together, that can um, help me develop characters. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and will they know who they inspired? Do you think? I don't think so. Okay. Why does Catholic fiction matter so much? People tend to think of Catholic writers as theologians or apologists or philosophers, they they don't necessarily always think of fiction writers. Um, but right. but why are novels so important? Yeah. Well I think it's I think the power of storytelling mm-hmm. is is great. Like Jesus, he he didn't teach big theological uh, themes. <laughs> well he did, but um he explained it to others through parables, so through lessons uh, that have, um, yeah, a story that has a a lesson to it. And so I I kind of see a novel as, it's not nearly as short as a parable, Mm -hmm. but it is a story that has lessons to it. Um, And I think that's what's great about um, Catholic fiction is that we can take... um, we can take, like, for example, the I said the uh, Chronicles of the Kings. Like, I learned about the Old Testament just by reading a novel. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so that's my hope too. That through Esther's eyes, like, people can learn about um, the saints and uh, Judaism and the Second Temple period. Okay. And who who would you say is the audience for the novel? Um, some of our listeners will want to know who they can give it as a gift to. Sure. Um, 
most of all, I say it's for women because it is a woman's point of view of the Gospels. Um, however, several men have read it and enjoyed it as well. Mm-hmm. So it is for men and women. Um, and then uh, also it's, it's Catholic. It's a very, it's very filled with Catholic themes, especially with Mary and the Eucharist. Um, however, I think it's something that all Christians can enjoy and mm-hmm. understand. And I, I think it would be a fun uh, read, even if you're um, if you're Jewish, or um, even if you don't have a religion, uh, just to learn a little bit more about about Jesus. It's, it's um, yeah, entertaining. Okay. What sort of feedback have you heard from readers? Uh, that's why I've heard a lot of just that the the novel really transports them back to the time of the bible mm-hmm. and um that they just and they like the detail in it um like for example like someone was commenting to me about the how detailed the crowds are um and i um i took the crowds really a lot from from my journey in the holy land like very specifically i would write down like someone sneezed in my face once when you're in a big crowd and mm-hmm. i just add that little detail in my novel or like there's a man who ran by with a basket of fruit on his head yeah and i just kind of add that in the novel um yeah so i guess it's those details and the fact is those details are based off of um what i've seen okay and if if you wanted to encapsulate kind of what you want readers to walk away from reading this with one message one thought one impression what would you want them to take away from this novel I would want them to take away that every woman is called to be a mother, mm-hmm. be it physically, spiritually, emotionally. Um, yeah, every woman's called to that. Okay. Okay, and it and it's an interesting. I I think that a lot of a lot of people today assume that a novel by a woman kind of reflecting women's experience will inevitably be identifiably what they would think of as feminist but Mm -hmm. yours is more is rooted in kind of an older approach than a modern political approach while still Mm -hmm. i think allowing a woman to be heard and you know if i may use the word i do think it is kind of empowering to women Mm -hmm. i hope so yeah yeah, it's it's an. I mean, the women have had a huge a huge place in the church, starting from the beginning. You're you're focused on the beginning here, but mm-hmm. certainly as you have talked about your experience in the convent and that sort of thing, that that's a lot of women have found a great deal of of freedom and agency through a religious vocation, through the monasteries, mm-hmm. through the abbeys and the cloisters. Um, yeah, and that's that's an interesting. It's interesting to see you in that lineage of of women writing in the church, of women working in the church. Mm-hmm. How do you think? Yeah. How do you think that that gets so that contribution gets so overlooked so often? Um, I think a lot of times, like the, the main thing that a lot of people focus on is, um, like Catholics, they um, they don't let women be priests. Um, and 
I I just see as Catholics that I've learned that there's like the uh, the Petri- I think it would be described as the Petrine mm-hmm. side of the church, which is St. Peter's and um, the Apostol- the Apostles, and then there's the Marian side of the church. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the Marian side of the church just gets overlooked because that's what um, the feminine side, the women, woman's side. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not all about, um, like, our priests are very important, but... Um, yeah, like a parish is just about a priest. So. Well, the, the body has many members, and and yeah, everyone contributes in different ways. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, oh, I think that was a a Cardinal Newman response to a question. Someone asked something about what do you think of the laity, and his response was, "Well, we'd look awfully silly without them." That's a good one. <laughs> And I think that's true of yeah. most parish priests, especially with the women of their parish. I think, I think that, yeah, the priest is important, but the women are indispensable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, personally, yeah, I find great joy in being able to, um, whenever I get to uh, be a minister of Holy Communion, mm-hmm. or like I am uh, sometimes I'm a door opener at our church, greeting people because mm-hmm. um, it's like. It's greeting people to the church and um, bringing them, like, welcome to the house of God, basically. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, so. And all reflect, in some ways, Mary's different roles. Yeah. Bringing yeah, us got, Jesus. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah. And also, yeah, learning Mary, how she uh, contemplates everything in her heart. Um that's a very silent thing mm-hmm. to contemplate, do the contemplation, but I think it's just crucial for men and women. But, um, but yeah, I think Mary, um, yeah, she teaches us to be um, yeah, docile to the, to the movements of the spirit. And um, yeah, I think she, she's an example of prayer. All right. Today I've been talking to Jacqueline St. Clair, author of Through Esther's Eyes. Thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you. To order Through Esther's Eyes, a novel by Jacqueline St. Clair, please visit shopmercy.org. This has been Sparks of Mercy. Thanks for listening. Pray for me, I'll pray for you. Jesus, I trust in you. I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, 
I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Thank you.